recording. Now the show is on. We always have trouble starting the episode. So I was hanging out in Brooklyn the other night. Yeah, you were. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Owns. Uh, it's a show. We have a special guest. Let's just say it right at the beginning, shall we? Mm. Who is this special guest? She's uh, a new friend of ours who made friends with us last week. Uh, now she's a different person because her life has changed over the past few days. Right, Rachel? Yes. I am a whole new person. What's it like being new? Oh, I feel fancy. <laughs> I bet you feel a lot fancier after walking across all of that red carpet last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Rachel is a friend of the community of Game of Thrones, and she happily helped us out on Wick by covering red carpet for us last week. I didn't say the because I think you can just say red carpet, and everyone listening to the show right now knows that we are Game of Thrones. This is our first episode following up all of the stuff that happened in New York that Micah was also in attendance to. So I feel like this is just going to be a big breather for all of us. Like, <sighs> Time to celebrate a little bit. Maybe a little no. bit. And brag Only. a little. It's so great to see that these events are happening again. And it's just one big, massive countdown celebration. It is. And uh, I, I really enjoyed reading uh, Rachel's review. I thought it was uh, – it's so interesting to you know how you kind of started out saying that you were – you're used to being that kind of fan who would be pressed behind the barricades, but you just kind of rode the subway in knowing that, you know, you weren't going to have to deal with those barricades this time around. And if anything, they were going to be protecting you as opposed to holding <laughs> you back. Yeah, exactly. You were protected. Yeah, I had friends that had been out there and they were freezing and I just sort of like strolled up and was like, you know, deuces and like walk straight into the park. <laughs> I'm with Wick and they're like, oh shit, we have this platter of cheeses for you as well. VIP status. I was looking at some of the pictures and I see this this dragon that they had set up sharing the red carpet with you. Uh yeah, I was outside the tent, so as the, you know, as the actors and 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 crew would come up, they would walk by it because it was the red carpet went between the the dragon and like what they called the fan pit, which was like <laughs> photogenic. That sounds deadly. <laughs> yeah, it was like photogenic, nice uh, fans that they had already invited and then they stuck (laughs) them up on some bleachers for you know so that they would be in camera i was gonna say is that like the bear pit but then you said they were all photogenic so yeah they were yeah they're all like the special you know nice looking well-dressed fans family of cast and crew and (laughs) maybe cousins twice removed well it seems like just from just from everything because it's been quite a week for all of us in our own ways but like just just seeing the uh the falling action from what has happened and just the the takeoff of of interest to all of this i to me i'm just continually shocked and mesmerized that our tv show here gets to have anything like this because i was just watching the walking dead last night and i can't remember the last time there was this huge gala for a show about zombies walking into barbed wire fences you know what i mean it's true it's true mm-hmm. well thrones kind of has zombies which is cool yeah but i mean it's it's just cool yeah, we yeah. get to be a part of it. And not oh, to mention yeah. Thursday night, which we haven't even spoken out loud about of yet. You were both there. <sighs> yes. And now I guess this officially makes Eric the only person on this episode that hasn't seen the first episode, which makes me sad. <laughs> so they screened it both nights then? Yes. Wow, 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 wow. But wow. you know what? Somehow I'm not feeling as if they actually took cell phones away from the cast of Game of Thrones the way that they took them away from fans at Barclays Center. And I'm on board with that. I, I get I'm I'm really impressed that they were able to take thousands of people's cell phones and return them to the appropriate people at the end of the night. Mm, Micah, did you do. turn your phone in? Okay, I had to turn my my phones first of all because I have one for work <laughs> and I have a personal one. Oh, he's then, so important. He's got a bat line. So how was then, oh, how no, was that like getting it back? Because oh, I fine. didn't do that. Well, here's the thing. So I'm going to tell a little story real quick. So. 
I get there and the phone thing goes over no problem. I knew from the email that I'd gotten that I was going to have to do that. But you know, I was coming from work and so I had my backpack with me too, which contained a laptop in it. And that obviously would also have to be checked. So I had already turned in my cell phone and I had gone through security at the uh, little press entrance there. And the woman tells me, no, you're going to have to go all the way around to the front and check your laptop. I said, wait a second, this is crazy. Why can't I just check it right over here? So I go and talk to the security guys that I gave my cell phones to. And they're they're like, oh, well, yeah, if you got to go, you got to go. So then I go (laughs) out the door and I talk to the, the, the security guy that let me in. And he's like, no, no, no. You just got to talk to the HBO people. Like, let, let them help you out. Like, that's crazy. There's <laughs> oh hundreds God. of thousands, you know, thousands of people out there. You're going to go wait on that line. I'm like, yeah, man. You know, by the way, I work for the NBA, the Nets play here. He's like, okay, I'll take care of you. <laughs> so also, just, I'm with Wick. All right. The real world, as in Westeros, it matters who you know. It, it absolutely does because, uh, I had no shame dropping that, um, that card there and it helped because my my backpack says nba staff on it so it wasn't just like uh, oh wow i was pulling the wool over his eyes like i was ready to pull out a business card even so oh no dude uh, that's like next level yeah (laughs) but anyway i had i had a tote bag and a purse and they said do you have a phone and i said no and i just went in and you had a phone didn't you (laughs) wow did you have a phone yeah i was really good of course you had a phone I was good about it. I didn't take it out. I didn't like let anybody see it. I wasn't going to film anything. Yeah, like, you were like, hey, I'm, I might be radio silent for the next few hours because I'm planning on leaving my phone. And then it really wasn't radio silence. I didn't wonder. So you actually had your phone with you. Hmm. Wow. Well, you know, I saw It's okay. I know what you're talking about, though, about them not confiscating the phones of uh, certain people who were in attendance. Because I was watching a lot of the, the press uh, tweets that were happening and uh, certain certain people were taking photos of the cast at their tables like mm-hmm. sitting down and and it, it it looked everybody looked gorgeous I mean we have one of the most photogenic ensemble casts I mean not to mention one of the largest ensemble casts but are you talking about the, goo or are you talking about the TV show Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah well oh, okay you know we're, we're we have our days too yeah but, uh, today is not my Game day of Thrones, they, they were showing like um uh, oh heck! Uh, even Bruce Bolton, you know, in a suit, and I was like, "That's awesome!" <laughs> like, just you know, these uh, did you check for mail That's costumes that you wouldn't see these guys in, you know, normally. Mm. Um, right. Oh yeah, at the red carpet. Even the actress who played Shay um, at Thursday's event, I was like, "Wow!" And this, I this is not meant to sound sexist at all or in any way offensive, but she looks totally different when she's wearing a shirt. <laughs> It's wow. it's just one of those things. Okay, so, Eric. <laughs> I thought everybody looked great, and everybody was dressed up really well. She's and she's quite the uh, the potty mouth, by the way, yes. too. I think really every yes. answer during that Q and A that she did uh, at Barclays was um, bitch shit. Uh, it, it, really? I, mean, I, I was shocked. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I had already spoken to her, uh, you know, at the red carpet, and she it was really funny because she was so you know, like press ready and she had her answers and, and, you know, she made like a little nice joke. And then the first thing she does when she gets up on stage at Barclays is just, feel, is just shout shit like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like four times. But imagine her situation. I mean, I, you saw the reactions to a lot of people's faces when they were walking out on that stage. I mean, Christian, um, you know, Maisie Williams, all of them seem completely blown away by just, you know, taking the stage, which probably, 
is not something that a lot of them are, are accustomed to in the sense of having that large of a crowd to, to speak to. Yeah, I was trying to think, like, the only other comparable thing would be Comic-Con. And there's maybe I don't I've never been to to SDCC, so it's like four thousand people in those rooms. Even then, you're you're talking about the difference between a place that mixes so many different things, and then a place this big and so targeted, completely only for one thing, which is yeah. the show and the new the new episode. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, Zach. You and I were talking about this. Uh, was it yesterday or, or recently? And just to me, what was so cool was the the mix of people that you got there uh, oh, in, yeah. in the sense that, you know, you were seeing people coming from work like myself and like these Wall Street type people. Um, I'm not calling myself a Wall Street person by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, like you see people in, in suits and ties and then, you know, you see these people who are fully decked out in costume. I saw some guy dressed as Daenerys, which was interesting. Right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then you just kind of have your your casual, you know, fans who have on these shirts that say Hodor or with all the names of the Stark children, and you know, it the just the complete contrast in people, but yet they're all there for the same thing, and that's for Game of Thrones and to watch the first episode of the season. So I really, I really found that interesting to kind of watch. Like where I was seated, I was literally right in front of a, a row that was open, so that people kept walking past. So. It was interesting uh, people watching. Did you get to do any of the like the photograph stations in the hallways? No, I didn't. I did not. Did yeah, you? I didn't. I didn't even try because I no. went there after work and it was so crowded by then. That I I really wanted to try to get some of the beer. Um, but oh yeah. I, I stood in line for a while and then I you know they started making the announcements, so I sort of just ran for my mm. seat. Now were they were they serving Game of Thrones beer or were they just serving what was on tap at kind of each of the concessions? You know, it was supposed to be the red ale. It was, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, Cogman said that. that he got his first taste of it there. So that was Where the hell was he? What he, he was there. He was there. Say hello. This is probably my favorite thing about the whole <laughs> event, but I got a text from Christian like three quarters of the way through it. He was like, uh, we're in the back right now eating cheesecake and sandwiches with George just hanging out and I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like that not only let's just forget about uh the kinds of conversations that are happening there behind the curtain. Let's just talk about the combination of both Cheesecake and sandwiches. And sandwiches, yeah. Because usually you can only have one at once, but they really did it up for the show, and I'm, I'm very happy that they did. They did it right, too, I think. <laughs> There's this great dessert cart that they bring around at the Barclays Center, so I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's exactly what it's like, and I can I'll just imagine. Yeah, George, like, I'll take the lot, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, that's awesome. It was, it was really just, um, a great event, and like a great fan event, and, you know, the fact that, um, you get, George R. R. Martin to show up, not only show up, but to address the crowd, to do a Q&A, to give away a fucking throne, which yeah. was yeah. awesome. Oh, man, that lucky, lucky guy. What was Mike. it like seeing him read off the same vows that you would a real king of Westeros to a real person in real life? Well, he was trying to. He kept getting <laughs> drowned out by the crowd. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, It's awesome. I mean, it was funny because that guy was like one section over from me. And oh, yeah. when I heard when I heard them say F six and I'm an F five, I'm just like, oh, oh man. Oh. But you you know the key is on those those types of things. You got to look for where the camera, like that, uh, the roaming cameraman is going because mm. they hit that guy with the spotlight almost instantaneously. So that was uh, I'm reading your report right now, or so I've already read it, of course. But King uh, Mike of Hoboken. The guy was Mike 
Ross of Hoboken, New Jersey, and yeah. he looks very thrilled to be on that throne there. I, there's a photo of him that you attached, and uh, he's in a suit and tie, you know, or a, a button-down shirt and tie, and I think uh, it's quite terrifying, the <laughs> possibilities of uh, what any businessman or any Wall Street man or any guy in New York would do, anyone would do with that kind of power. Yeah. Uh, well, terrifying. his first decree was commanding George to finish the ones of winter. So. <laughs> yeah, and George, of course, like you know, made a face at that. Well, uh, King Mike's not off to a bad start, then I don't think. <laughs> I was actually really concerned because I was like, "All right, if if you if you win that, it's worth like thirty thousand dollars. So what are the taxes on that before forty the- <laughs> percent? Oh, yeah. Well, let's oh. be honest here. I'm more scared about him just getting it in general because it might be worth thirty grand on paper, but I think there's a good handful of people that would give more than thirty grand for it. If you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Then, there, then there's the issue of fitting it through your apartment door, uh, or up if you're in a walk up, you're screwed. Or in the back of your, or in the back of your car, uh, you know. I'm sure they deliver it. Something like yeah, that. They deliver it, but then they have to cut a hole th- in your house. They have to cut it. off yeah. a wall from your house. They call the Kool-Aid man to do it. He's really We're proficient at busting <laughs> holes in houses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I'm just happy. I'm just really glad that this went so well that we were able to see this happen because there's been similar experiences throughout the years with Potter. And I know that that's kind of a, a thing that we recollect to a lot because we, we lived in that. But not only mm-hmm. because of that, because they're so similar. They're uh, so similar in the ways of it's a story that's been turned into a kind of pop culture sensation when it's not really pop culture friendly, if you think about it. So the simple fact that this is happening and you've got these types of individuals like Micah describing mixing with the nerds like us out there and also just the really casual people that aren't necessarily like us that might be wearing normal clothes when they go, which right. is a pretty crazy shot. They want to try and play it off. Oh, I'm going to the uh, that Game of Thrones thing tonight yeah. at the Barclays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just great news because even even the uh, the premiere covers that, that you did, Rachel, I just got a sense from all of it and from all that we saw. And I was doing a live chat with Verizon while it happened. So I didn't get to watch the live stream, but I got to watch a lot of the uh, – the, the the things afterward, like the, the 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 roundup videos, like the one that you tweeted with Finn actually confirming the high five stuff yeah. like that, it just <laughs> seems so joyous of an occasion. And I'm really happy that it's going well and not south because events can really just not turn out well. But I haven't heard a single negative thing yet. Yeah, I think New York is a really great place to have these things because the New York fans are just hardcore. You know, every event, every you know, the exhibition, and even the the DVD release last year where it was two degrees, people were out there for hours and hours. So we're hardcore. And you were talking mm-hmm. to me about this before. I think it's a really good point to bring up, but you were saying how over the years, cause you've been a part doing the fire and lunch stuff there in New York and you've been very active in the community. So I'm, you were telling me just the scale of different sizes between the years and now how it's culminated into the Barclay event only last week. Like that is pretty crazy when you think about it. Oh yeah. It. I mean, you think about back to the first moot, um, you know, the winter is coming moot, uh, that was right before the first season started and there were like 40 people there. And Finn, <laughs> but, <laughs> and I think if they did, if you, you know, if, if it happened now, there'd be easily, you know, 300 people trying to pack themselves into, into that same space. Maybe more, honestly. Or more. Yeah. I mean, what they would let in. Yeah. Right. Easy. Fire codes, that kind of thing. I mean, and then, and then the, the signing that they had at Barnes and Noble when dance came out, you know, they had so many people that they couldn't let any more people in Barnes and Noble. And that was right after the first season. Any so. of this familiar to you, Mike and Eric? Yeah. No, I was. Which I was Barnes and Noble say. was it? Uh, <laughs> the one in There you go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Perfect. Right. That's. Uh, uh, we know a lot about that capacity well. of that. <laughs> Every time I go and visit Micah, I take him up to. I said, "Meet me at the Union Square Barnes and Noble." 
mm-hmm. um, and we get geeky photos on the top floor. But uh, <laughs> love it. The point that you raised earlier about Potter, uh, you know, I I thought it it ties in well to talking about um, you know sort of the size now of Game of Thrones when you think about the fact that it it basically mirrored a movie premiere. And the reason why I say that, I, mean, I know that they had one last year in L.A., but uh, you know, I think about Potter specifically because of all the events that they had at Lincoln Center and you know all the red carpet events that took place there. And now you're telling me, though, Game of Thrones is going there, and they're basically doing the same thing. And yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember what article. Also, I was reading it today. I think it was the uh, the Vanity Fair article with uh, David Benioff and DB Weiss, and they were talking about how George might be the most anticipated author, you know, kind mm-hmm. of with the exception of J.K. Rowling, um, you know, with with Potter, you know, really kind of in our time just to produce. And, and I think the TV show has had such a huge role in why that is. You know, oh, yeah. I, he, I don't, he did, hasn't had that, that same level of pressure before the show came out. Yeah, I, I think it's got to be hard to deal with. I mean, you know, sitting at Barclays Center, I had to sit by myself. So I was around a lot of strangers and we were talking and every single person was like, oh, he's just got to write. Why is he here? He just needs to write. And I'm like, you know, it's it's really it hasn't even been three years since dance came out. It's kind of like yeah. lay off, you know, like, these are thousand page novels. Yeah. And the and this this is his legacy, and I think that we should give him a little bit more time. But people don't want the show to catch up with him. I don't know. It's I about feel like instant it's gratification. A- That's the problem with our. I mean, it sounds so bad to say it, but like our society today, it's all about instant gratification. And if he can't produce that book, you know, in a quicker time frame that it took him to write the last one, then you know people have a problem with that, and it's not right. I mean, like you said, it's his legacy, and I'd prefer he take the extra time and get it right. And, and have it the way he wants it to be and make sure he includes all the plot that he wants to, all the characters he wants to, and instead of having to feel like he's rushed to do it. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think he is definitely feeling the pressure just from what I'm reading in the news. There's that report um, on Wick right now that says that he turned down a cameo in the show uh, just because he couldn't take the time off to fly to Croatia because he's really busy and he has to start writing or finish writing rather. Um, and even his, you said his opening words, Micah, at the Barclay event were, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much. people really have to be like, with every uh, public appearance, he's probably got to get asked that question a, th- a thousand times. So it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, on the other hand, being somebody who waited for books for years, um, you know, books that I liked and waiting for them to come out. I know the anticipation is rough and you do want to just experience and live those books and i i'm happy because i have a few more martin novels before uh, before i get to that point nothing mm-hmm. compares to you know the the dead space uh between feast and dance when there was no show when there were no fan events you know like <laughs> we should be you know we're i'm grateful to have things to keep me occupied until until everything comes out not only that though too because with um a storm of swords i mean you you leave characters in a feast for crows. You you don't see them at all, oh, and yeah. that, that must have been even harder because it's an even longer gap. So oh, yeah. with a lot of characters, you were waiting from a storm of swords to a dance with dragons to find out what the hell is going on with them. Right, exactly. And a few come to mind that would probably have drove me insane. <laughs> it was definitely, it was really hard. I'm actually, you know how like there's lots of, you know, uh, sneak peek chapters coming out. And I'm not reading them because I can't. I just can't do that to oh. myself. Oh, I've, I think I've read most of them. You know, I've read like a couple sentences that, you mm-hmm. know, 
And then I'm like, no, I can't. Because then I'll just want more. It's really funny how we tease ourselves like that. What they mount that we're comfortable with reading and then what we're not. You kind of resembled our... an old lion. <laughs> I'm just going to read you that one That was on sentence. the book cover. That was Nobody the... could guess. Nobody could guess who that sleeve. was. the inside sleeve. It was unbelievable. We were like, is Harry going to meet Godric Gryffindor? No. There the is new, a door. was the new minister door. for magic. Yes. A guy um, we had never heard well, of. You before. just spoiled it uh, for anybody who hasn't read. But uh, it's, Tyr- it's Tywin Lannister. That's yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. It's a crossover. <laughs> Any of the Q&A that uh, interested you that you think we should talk a little bit more about? I mean, one thing kind of stood out to me more than the others. I will say, though, that um, Sam. John Bradley. He yeah. is fucking hilarious. I like, he John. he captivated that whole arena when he was talking. I mean, at least I thought so. Maybe I'm I'm just biased because I'm a fan of Sam. Huge fan. I think it was all about uh, Kit Harrington's brown eyes, right? <laughs> Yeah, Those but he was captivated. even mugging for the cameras, you know. I mean, he he was good. But he's kind of a master at that, you know. I every time he's he does an interview, he he's he's charming, he's witty. He he does he he gives the fans what they want, and I, that's a skill. It's definitely a skill. There are so many actors that are loved that they get up in front of their fans, and you know they don't they can't do it. But he he really summons that up. Yeah, I love, and I would have loved to see this panel as well. But the way the actors interact with each other. Um, for instance, Rachel, your report on Liam Cunningham and how heavily he believes that Stannis will be, you know, on the throne at, by the end of it all. And, yeah, you said Stan I, the man, which means Stan the man. Stan the man. Yeah. I was like, are you saying this to me right now? I I, I remember a tweet um, that Liam Cunningham wrote, or he tweeted back to the actress who plays uh, Melisandre, and she had done like a follow Friday for the Lord of Light. Oh yeah. And he replied, my arse. My and it was arse. Just unbelievably hilarious. And that was a random day. They were probably like filming opposite ends of the planet and uh, just interacting. And I thought, this is a great cast. They really get into the story. They're really, um, they're moved by it. They, 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 you can really engage them on a, in a discussion. So that's really cool. Um, just how everybody is gracious. It really, it really helps, I think, sell the whole mm-hmm. package. Because they're enjoying it as much as we are. Yeah, I asked Finn, you know, I thanked him first for, you know, being so gracious and interacting with the fans so much. And he said that, basically said, well, why wouldn't I? And I think that that attitude is um, pervasive throughout the entire cast. You know, they're, they're, they interact on Twitter, they go to the events. They're just, I don't know, they're happy and I think they're proud of their work and I think that helps. Yeah, I hope that we see that for the most part moving forward with anything that's similar because... You know, we were talking so much about Potter before and about the scale of all these ha- things happening. But in, in reality, we're in such a better place now than we were years ago on a completely different story because all this micro sharing and actual mass communication that we're able to connect with people, not only through a website like MuggleNet or Wick, but in so many, so many different ways, especially, you know, talking specifically about things like that. I just think it's a really beautiful time for a show like this to set an example for, I don't want to say fandom culture. I just mean in general, the culture between people that are big fans of things made by other people. It's good mm-hmm. that there's communication there because I think it enriches the entire process. Yeah. I, you're, you're a hundred percent right. I think accessibility is so much, it's not that it's easier. I just think, or, or maybe it, maybe it, it is easier and, and, or just that the people are far more willing to, to interact. I think, you know, when you look at social media, the fact that, you know, all these different actors can really touch their fans with a tweet or a post and they can have conversation back and forth 
sometimes it's good conversation. Sometimes it's probably not so good, but you know, I, I just think it's amazing and that they're so open to doing this kind of thing. And, um, you know, I think some of the, uh, guests that we've had on the show are just a perfect example of that. You know, Rachel, you did something that I'm not sure that the other three, including myself on this, um, podcast would have been able to do. And that is, uh, you pass up the opportunity to talk to Amelia Clark, the mother of dragons, <laughs> and I just want to know, you know, what was going through your head at that time? And obviously, you got a really great, um, you know, interview as a result of that. But be interesting to hear it directly from you as opposed to your uh, your written word. Uh, yeah, it was hard. I mean. She's, she's, you know, she's glorious and she was put from me. We need you to sell it to us, all right? Uh, well, she smelled nice and her makeup was good and she has that, you know, lovely note to her voice and it's kind of like a spell and everyone was just going towards her. But man, when I saw Michael, I just knew that I needed to talk to him. There's no way I could pass up talking to Roos. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Or I would hate him. myself. That's fair. Fair enough. I had to congratulate him for, you know, his good work. Yeah. <sighs> Killing Rob. Yep. Great job on doing bad things, buddy. Girls <laughs> really do love the bad guys, don't they? We really do. I did. I congratulated him on being a hero. <laughs> <And> he, he, <laughs> he said thank you. <laughs> Does this mean that you, where do you align yourself then? Because I guess we haven't asked you that. We don't normally ask anyone that, but oh, let's right. ask you anyway. Uh, fire and lunch. We are all phrase. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, take this opportunity to tell people because there might be a whole lot of people in the New York area that listen or click through sometimes, and they might be able to make like yeah, Mike. I mean, they might be able to make a whole bunch of new friends right here, right now, only by pressing play on something that didn't cost anything. So let's offer them that service (laughs) if we can. Uh, Yeah, fire and lunch actually came about because uh, you know we were all fans that kept going to all of these events uh, and running into each other, and so we became friends. We bonded over the show. And now we always get together, we have brunch, and we bring food and do potlucks and trivia, and we actually have been doing a trivia tournament that goes on until April 6th, um, that's presented by the Upjumped Cell Swords in Williamsburg, uh, and we are kicking ass at that trivia. So if you think you can beat us, then look it up and come and beat us, because you're not gonna. Phrase always win. <laughs> I'm just happy to hear about all of this. It's just all good. You know, like we're we're having a congenial conversation here. We did not have show notes listed out, anything to talk about. We literally spent the first handful of minutes talking to each other, getting Rachel's audio and stuff set up, just knowing that we were going to have uh, a little chat and just spewing about all of these things that are so exciting. But if you, the listener, can walk away with anything from this episode, just know that um, the enthusiasm, the laughter, the the glee, the joyfulness, all of it's real. Like none of this is, none of this is manufactured. It is such a good time to be a fan of something so interesting, of a story that is bringing thousands of people together. And in this case, a brand new person to our show. It's just, it's it's really fun. I'm ecstatic. I, I Kidding? A week ago, I was just trying to plan out how to win trivia or go get, <laughs> you know, like go, go to a, a play or something and get an autograph maybe. And, and then I got to go interview people on the red carpet just just take all of this people take all this as a sign that there is so much good to come we've got indie pop con at the end of may we've got leaky con coming up as the summer is rearing its summer endingly head all the warm weather creeping away i can already feel it you know that reminds me guys this week is the week of a wedding of fire and blood in chicago brewery amagong i'm gonna get to try the new thrones beer they're doing that in new york as well uh on wednesday are they really yeah oh really 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So people listening, there's the next event that you can go to. Go try some yeah, I'm gonna go. with some of these people. Eric will be there. Michael will be there. Rachel <laughs> will be there. I just made that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, but I want to be there, so I will be there in spirit. Oh, cha-ching, it's a pun. But yeah, before we go, um, there was one other thing that uh, – I don't know if it was really kind of looked at really closely afterwards, and and maybe he said stuff like this before, but uh, there was a question that got slipped in there to George from from Christian, and it was from Facebook, actually, and uh, the question was, could a stag really kill a direwolf? And, you know, he jokingly said to Christian, well, a stag does kill a direwolf. You know that if you read the books, which, you know, really got a... Good chuckle from the crowd. Right. But then it somehow diverted um, after he went into a little bit more of an explanation to talking about what could kill a dragon. And, you know, he ended that by saying, well, we know dragons can kill dragons. And, oh, you know, th- that kind of never occurred to me before for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, in, in, in the reading of the series anyway, and I, I didn't couldn't help but wonder if that was a little bit of a nod to events that may happen a little bit later in the series. I think it was a nod to uh, The Princess and the Queen. We haven't read that on the show yet, yet. so thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) You know, currently, in current seasons with Danny, there really aren't, as far as I know, enough dragons around to turn on each other. Unless he means... Well, there's three. No, the animal dragons are the people dragons, so... Oh, I see I'm what trying you're, to de- see what you're doing there. Talking about oh, people. now that's interesting. People versus actual dragons. Well, if a dragon saying? can kill a dragon, I mean... And I won't say anything because I know... <laughs> I was say, I'm like chewing on my hand. <laughs> more than others, except for Rachel. Micah, I, I noticed on your report, you had the audacity to go and give your own already for this first episode I did. of the next season. No, yeah, I didn't great. think it was that spoilerish. Um I thought it's it was not. really funny. Well, you guys have all seen it. <laughs> Eric, I think you'll really enjoy it. Well, if you listening have further questions for Rachel, or perhaps you just want to say hello to us, Eric Skull, a good friend of mine, and a person that's been on the show since the first episode, imagine that, has all of the details and ways in which this is possible. Well, as Rachel was kind enough to mention, she can be found at Darth Rachel on Twitter. Twitter.com slash <laughs> Darth Rachel. Rachel Ghoul? Ghoul? What's that from? Rachel Ghoul? Right. Oh, okay. Rachel Ghoul? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like the yeah. Liam Neeson character in the uh, in that Batman movie. You mean Qui-Gon? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, listeners of the show... Recurring listeners will know and new listeners will find out. We are located at Game of Owns on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Game of Owns. We ask for owns for things and stuff. And also, um, we'll keep you up to date with all the latest news via winteriscoming.net, which is Wicknet on Twitter. Um, and also, you can get a hold of us one of several ways. You can tweet us. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Game of Owns. We ask that you scrawl upon our wall anything that you may desire and uh also email that's what i was forgetting email contact at game of boom awesome you can also uh leave us a rate and review it's been a while so uh you know plenty of uh new feedback is welcome over on itunes it is the month of march so nothing less than five stars is acceptable uh we do have a couple of new reviews i'll save them uh for the next episode. Perhaps you know what? I'm going to read one because I just like this person's <laughs> username. Uh, it, it, the title of their review is CSI Westeros, um, okay. and it's written by Naked Fable. Of course it is. Of course. Can't wait. And he or she said – oh, no. It's a he. Sorry. He, he put his name down there. Uh, there isn't a more forensic discussion of A Song of Ice and Fire. So 
Thank huh. you to John, John Lee from Austin, Texas. Thank you, sir. That was very kind of you. Mr. Naked Fable. Mr. Naked Person. <laughs> Were you naked when you wrote that review? <laughs> I just want to thank uh, Winner is Coming for sending me to the premiere because that was an amazing experience. Uh, read my uh, write-up on Wicknet. I also can be found at fireandlunch.tumblr.com and on Twitter at Darth Rachel. April 6th is approaching faster than I think we all expected, so... Stay close to Game of Owns and to Wick because there's just no other place to be. That was Zach Louie. That was Eric Skull. That was Michael um, Tannenbaum. That was, <laughs> was good. It? I didn't even say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Rachel. Darth Rachel, sorry. Eric screwed me up. She's going to force choke you, man. All right. Anyway, hold on. And that Wait. was Darth Rachel. What? That can be her threat if no one reviews. She's going to force choke all of them. Yes. I can do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> okay.